0: Hello and welcome to episode 14 of the DC Night Kingdom podcast. I'm your host, James Graham. This week I have another guest on the show, Uh, so we will be going over to that interview very, very soon. Um, I hope you enjoy that because it was absolutely great to have this person on the show this week. Um, What else have we got? We have me reviewing the FC Dallas game. Um, I only managed to catch the highlights, so if you follow me on Twitter you would have noticed that it was very... I wasn't able to watch it as it was incredibly early in the morning, and I wasn't staying up that late. Um, I my hands up. I might have, should have, but, you know, I would have been in bed at about half four, which is daytime. Uh, the sun would have been up, so I wouldn't have got any sleep. And Plus, I was getting my hair cut the next day, you know. I've got to have priorities now. Um, anyway, what else will be on today's show? So I will be talking about the upcoming game against New England Revolution. And that's about it for this week. So let's head over to the guest interview. My guest this week is someone who will be known to all DC United fans. He has been there since the very beginning. He's an Emmy Award winning, play-by-play giving. It's in the net saying, amazing sports caster. It's Dave Johnson. How are you doing, Dave?
1: I'm doing well. I'm doing well. It's it's a game week. Uh, we're back from the Gold Cup, and we need to get back in the wind column from a DC United perspective. But 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 I'm doing well because, you know, once upon a time, as you uh, gave me that intro, uh, way back when there was no soccer in the summer. Now we have no shortage of soccer in the summer, or, or football as you call it, and, and that's a good thing. <laughs>
0: oh, it's been absolutely fantastic this summer so far, and uh, I can't wait for this well over here for the uh season to start over here but it's awesome to continue it with mls as well um it is an absolute honor to have you on um on the show today so thank you very much for taking the time out to come on um just a few questions i just want to go through with yourself if that's all right no yeah Uh, first one where the heck did it's in the net come from originally
1: you know, it's it it goes back to my indoor soccer days with with the late 80s and early 90s. Um, there was a league called the Major Indoor Soccer League, which a form of that that still kind of exists now. But this was the uh, the original uh, Major Indoor Soccer League that that uh, you know actually started in 1978 and and actually became quite popular. Um, oh, wow. The uh, you know we're talking the team I did the play-by-play for in Baltimore mm. regularly sold out a 12,000 seat arena. Cleveland they would sell out, and they had about seven or eight cities that would would sell out arenas. It was six aside oh, uh, football, and and uh, in, in some ways it it kind of um, you know impacted the original NASL, which many of your listeners may have heard of, with the original New York Cosmos and. And, yep. and the, the league that brought Pele here, and and, and you know, there's uh, some some great stories of how we're even having this conversation that 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 soccer exists on, on such a level uh, as it does right now. But there was there was a a, a group of uh, sports entrepreneurs that said, well, you know, this might be indoor soccer, might be better to the American audience hmm. because high scoring, et cetera. And you know, for a while uh, it was it was booming. There was a, a noted sports writer named Frank Deford who at the time. Uh, wrote for Sports Illustrated, uh, which is the, the you know uh, yeah. iconic premier sports magazine in this country for decades. You know, predicted that the Major Indoor Soccer League would be the the next major major sport uh, behind you know football, basketball, and, and baseball. It was wow. a, it was that much of a um, a boom, if you will. So yeah. that's a that, that's a long way of answering your simple question: Where did <laughs> that come from? And and that that goes back to my days with with the. Uh, the Baltimore blast and, and, it, and it kind of, uh, stuck a little bit. It's, it's something that, um, is, is become popular with a lot of fans. I've also, uh, you know, had, uh, fans, uh, you know, uh, really give me a go over it. So yeah. uh, it, it's, it's, you know, it, it's, it's, it's meant to, you know, be about emotion and passion and joy. And, and, yeah. and, and when a goal is scored in, in, especially outdoors, excuse me, outdoor soccer, uh, it's meant to be and should be, I think, a, a release of, of, of some kind of passion and energy because it, it's not like, uh, and I call, you know, NBA basketball where we have games of 110 to 108. It's not that, mm. that type of game and it's not that type of um, situation. So, yeah. um, you know, sports to me is about having fun and, and, and joy and that release for or a couple hours. And um, and, and this certainly provides that. Yeah,
0: that's good. Um, it, it's you've got an, an iconic saying there and I was um, at a restaurant the other night and I just overheard it because that um, goal from Wayne Rooney uh, against Orlando uh, a couple of weeks ago where what was it was 65, 70 yards out and that was just broadcast over here so much. And I just heard this kid um, and I just heard, overheard him watching the the goal and I was just like, yep, that's Wayne Rooney's uh, DC United goal because I just heard your <laughs> voice and it was just absolutely brilliant. Um yeah, absolutely so you you're getting worldwide recognition at the moment with that
1: yeah no it's it's um <laughs> I, it probably you can you can tell um on, on the on the call that that it's a mixture of joy excitement and, and disbelief <laughs> that, that, uh, uh, and, and the big challenge about that that goal is i was telling somebody i said and that's a big challenge also of, of wayne rooney he's such a, mm. a a special player that that I kind of just want to shut up and watch. The problem is I'm not supposed to do that. I'm supposed to be, you know, at least describing a little bit of the action. I don't have to be talking all the time. So, yeah. you know, that was a moment where I had to get my jaw up off the, uh, uh, off the floor because, I, you know, look, we've we've all seen, um, in desperation, uh, you know, in the 95th minute people just, you know, hoof it, or you know, there's mm. times that. Uh, uh, you know, they'll see a keeper out and they'll, they'll try something. But this, this was so fluid and in the, and in, you know, uh, the flow of the game, it, it, but it's, he was asked about it afterward. He said that three minutes earlier, he saw where the keeper was. And, um uh, you know, I think that's what, what you really appreciate is, is a, that as, I, as we've talked about it over here and, and I've used the American equivalent, you know, we have, nfl football players that that will field goal kick from 50 yards and miss and have to yeah. have a five yard run up and you know he's doing it from 70 yards on the fly so there's there's a combination of strength um the precision and skill to get to score it to get it on target and not either you know go wide or or whatever but then there's just what you appreciate watching him uh is is the is the mind of wayne yeah. rooney how it's you know, and it's, and you realize, you know, he is like the great ones in all sports because they've all talked about it. Uh, You know, with the hockey player, Wayne Gretzky, you know, would always seem to see two or three plays ahead of everybody else on the ice. Uh, And and the same seems to be happens with with Rooney where uh, there's a lot of wonderful players in in the world, but what, what gives them that that extra class is, is really their mind in my opinion. And, mm-hmm. and I think that's why, you know, people will say, well, you know, Wayne Rooney's not, you know, in his prime, it doesn't matter. His, his soccer mind has not yeah. uh, deteriorated. In fact, if anything that the experience has only made it better. So maybe he's not as fast as he was when he was 24, but he's every bit as smart, if not smarter.
0: Yeah, exactly. Um, So obviously you've, commentated on some fantastic games over the years what has been your favorite and why
1: you know i i think uh, and i'll just uh, and i'm you know i'm sure that if you catch me another time maybe i'll, I'll, I'll say you know something else but from a dc united perspective yeah uh, yep. it, it has to be 96 uh, a playoff series on a wednesday night against the team that is now known as new york red bulls but at the time they were they were called the the, the New York Metro stars and, and why that was a special night for me because it was a midweek and there's 20,000 mm. people. And, and it was the first year of the league. And, you know, it was a, it was a combination and, and it was a dramatic, uh, you know, late, uh, you know, comeback that allowed us to to get that victory. Uh, so there was that, but there was also just the, the um, to me, historic significance and, And I define historic as being that means I'm old. So, this, you know, I I, I go back to when, uh, you know, I was calling games and there was a thousand people in the stands and and I was paying to get the game on the radio because we really didn't have uh, significant pro soccer. And I'm talking about the periods of uh, the late 80s, early 90s Mm -hmm. um, and and, uh, before Major League Soccer. So this was a moment where like, wow, maybe maybe this thing is going to work. Maybe we're going to have a lasting league. And and so I, I think when people ask me that question, there's been a lot of great memories of, of DC night over the years, but I always yep. just think about how magical to me that, that night was uh, because it was the first year and, and the crowd and the way people were reacting. It was probably, uh, I, I was, you know, witnessing a dream come true, seeing that kind of uh, reaction to the sport. I loved,
0: love. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I was going to um, yeah I mean that is just I mean my if it was me my favorite game so far and I've only been physically there a couple of times but I would have it's my first game and that was against Philly Union last year even though we got beat it was just that experience of Audi Field and the whole the way the stadium it's it's a cracking stadium it is fantastic from an atmosphere point of view it's brilliant because you can literally wander wherever you want you can meet whoever you want and i just i love being there and i was back there earlier this year and it was for my birthday so that had that extra special feeling in it and i was in the supporters end and i was in with the crowd the loudness and everything and the atmosphere was just absolutely phenomenal and it just makes you your hair on the back of your on the neck just stand up and it's just oh it is fantastic
1: well and that's just uh, you know what you describe is what what you know didn't always exist but does through dc united and major league soccer now we have you know we really do have a, a supporter culture where these people uh you know have become are like family our family because you yeah. know we've been with them now for 10 and 20 and and you know getting closer to 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 30 years some of these people and so they've they've become uh you know very much like family and, and the beauty of it you know uh, unlike family, sometimes you actually really do enjoy spending time with them. You know, there's an old joke about family. You can't pick your relatives. But this this bunch, you know, you've got the shared passion of of D.C. United. And, and you know, as we had the Women's World Cup final this week and, and yep. uh, you know, obviously the United States involved. And I was thinking about the watch parties and I've thought about the watch parties over the years, recent years for hmm. World Cup games in 1989. When the United States uh, qualified for the World Cup uh, for the 90 World Cup in Italy for the first time. In 40 years my watch party consisted of one me i couldn't uh-huh. get anybody else on this november day to watch uh, the united states play trinidad and tobago and that was uh-huh. the the game that they qualified but that was just me that was yeah. me in my flat and that was it because there was nobody else that wanted to come over or whatever and so now you go from that to what you no doubt experienced at Audi Field and the community and uh, and then as i, I look around for my broadcast booth on on game nights uh, and I see, uh, it's just a vibe that, man, this is suddenly where we're the hip thing to do. And, and the, yeah. the 20 and 30 somethings are, 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 talking about us and they're going out and having a good time with their friends. And that's, you know, that's what match day is all about. And now, you know, if you, if through the beauty of social media, you can follow what, you know, all supporters are doing and supporters groups and, you know, they're getting together before games. And, and this is, uh. This is part of the uh, the fabric of why uh, the question, you know, is soccer ever going to make it or that, that's no longer relevant. It's here. Yeah. And it's very yeah. much a part of the fabric.
0: Yeah. Um, you did briefly mention that about being able to follow things on social media and how much easier it is to access the community and everything. Um, you might have seen about the whole Yamil Assad um, saga that's kind of going on at the moment. Um, just a couple of things around him and himself so if you've seen it what have you made of it and would you want him back at the club and two do you think that's something that could actually happen
1: um you know <laughs> as much as i i uh, uh, do look at social media connect with fans I, I gotta admit i i i you know obviously i don't know the particulars of, of what's going on in this moment or, or if anything uh could happen i i just know you know he was a I, I, you know, he was a, a terrific, uh, player for us. And I think one of those players that, that, you know, uh, sometimes, uh, you, you, you know, I don't know. I, I started to say don't appreciate until he's, he's gone, but I, I mm-hmm. think we had an a, a appreciation for what he did and, and what he could add. But, but, you know, there's, there's a, always a business side in all sports and that's yep. something that, yep. that, that, that you just deal with, with, uh, you know, I'm dealing with it with, uh, uh, the basketball team I call uh, games for the Washington Wizards, you know, one of my favorite players and got to be great friends with was Top Saransky, and we lost him in, in, in free agency to, to the Chicago Bulls. So, you know, this is a different circumstance, but, you know, I think he would uh, certainly, if, if he was, uh, you know, somehow going to find his way back to, to DC United, it would be a, a welcome addition, but whether uh, there really is something out there that could happen that that's, uh, that, that's beyond my pay grade <laughs> you know, I'm, not, <laughs> I'm not i'm not i'm not i'm not that smart they don't let me in the negotiations
0: <laughs> oh um, quick question about the season so far um how have you made of it so far what's your feelings about the first half of the season
1: well you know i think um you know it's clear that the, that uh you know the we're not it's a full major league soccer season and, and you're, you're, you know, we have a different schedule. Now we don't have what we had last year, where, you know, you had the combination of the Rooney magic combining mm-hmm. with a bunch of home games, because by the time you reach mid season, you're already, you're already played and in this is incredible 15 road games. So, you know, you had the schedule break your way, uh, you know, uh, uh, Wayne Rooney arrive and the next thing you know, we're, we're on an incredible rise from the bottom of the table to, to, a, to a playoff position you know right now we're we're right in the thick of things and and um, i know it's cliche to say but you know major league soccer is is a league that that is uh, you you love to follow it because of all the emotions you probably would not want to coach in it because it can drive you crazy <laughs> you can't get you know too high or too low things things change a lot in this league and uh you know it's been proven over the years that that the team You know, that's that's got the best is going the the best in August, September and October is often the team that, um, you know, has the best chance of success of of winning it all. So I think the the key is that we're in a good position, D.C. United, Mm. but have yet to really, you know, unleash that kind of, I don't know, swagger, whatever you want. You want to call it. We've not really been able to to get on that kind of run that you want to say, all right, here it comes. And and I think this team is is capable of that. Paul Arriola comes back um, from the World Cup. If if you can get uh, and and this could be said for all teams, but, you know, certainly with D.C. United, if you suddenly get a situation where you get a set of lineup for three or four games and and get some wins under your belt. And and then that that's how you, you surge up the table right now. You know, uh, the, the fact that we have one win out of eight games, and yet, or and I haven't looked at the table today, but second, third place, whatever it is, um, you know, that that's a credit to the work the team has done. It also says that, but you know, you've got to get busy because other teams are going to move up the table.
0: Exactly. Yeah. I mean, it, as you said, the recent form, the fact that we, as you said, we've only won one in the last eight, that shows how good of a start with that we actually had, and you know we actually can play some really good football um so how do you think if you could look into your crystal ball how do you think it will end for DC United in 2019 will we be MLS Cup champions
1: <laughs> that's a uh, you you like to cut right to the, the chase that's, that's oh, a, yes. a, a, a moment. Uh, <laughs> you know no it, it, why I'm I'm laughing or, or hesitating is that Um, you know obviously because we have the the playoff you know situation which is which is you know different than obviously with the Premier League is you know it's sometimes in the Premier League you can predict by January who's going to win it all because of the you know the points and 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 that type of thing whereas you know obviously we don't have that system here but it's it's not unlike you know the this the situation where uh, you have the playoffs in the other divisions in, in, um, in English football where, uh, you know, maybe the team that finishes in, in, you know, third place, doesn't make it to Wembley and a chance to get promoted because, you know, it's, it's the draw of the playoffs. I, I really believe last year, you know, there was actually a, a thought. I thought, you know what, we're, we're playing as well as anybody yeah. and, and, uh, and we could win it all last year. And, we, we we got tripped up in the in the the first round against uh, against Columbus. So um, I, I think this is a team that is that is that is capable. But I think the the transfer window coming up is is going to be critical. I I don't know you know names just because I you know what's what's so hard now is is it's such a uh, I think about two years ago, which really has helped the club and to this day. I mean a couple years ago is when we got. You know Russell Knauss and Paul Areola in in mm. the, the transfer summer, and I didn't see that coming. But those two players have have made a a, a tremendous impact. Uh, you know, and for a while we were keeping a stat of what Russell Canales' uh, our record was with Russell Knauss starting. It was um it was funny his return from injury last year. Yeah. coincided with Wayne Rooney's first game and you could argue, well, you know, certainly that record was helped by the arrival of Wayne Rooney and that's correct, but you, you also can't, uh, you know, minimize what his role and how he plays impacted DC United. So I think that's yeah. what makes it exciting right now. We have a, we have a side um, that's capable of, of being uh, in, in that mix and, in, and, and, and that's not a way of evading, Uh, The question, it's 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 just it's this is a league that's hard, very hard uh, to predict uh, because of the playoff structure.
0: Yeah, uh, I totally agree. I mean, I was speaking to um, someone else on their podcast over the weekend and we were trying to kind of predict how we were going to do. And uh, we were just saying that over the next three games, if we can win two out of the next three and draw against, I think we were saying, if we can get a point against New England, because they've come on really leaps and bounds since Bruce Arena's um, joined them, um, that would be a good point, and then we've beaten Cincinnati, and I can't remember who who we got after that, Uh, but if we got got seven
1: points. Yeah, Chicago's coming up, which is uh, certainly, uh, uh, you know, (laughs) but again, you hesitate to say winnable games, because that's the way MLS works, you think, all right, you know, we, we should beat this team, and you end up You end up losing uh, on the day. So it's a, it's a competitive league. There's, um, you know, I think FC Cincinnati got a result over the weekend and and the previous week they lost seven to one or something or or, so, uh, you know, just, just when you think a a, a team is, you know, all right, that's going to be the easy three points against, you know, they come back and win. So, uh it, it's that kind of league and it and it uh, it can you know <laughs> you know fasten your seatbelts. it's it's always a <laughs> wild ride and you know i think also ben olsen um, made it you know he said it to me a, a couple of weeks ago one of our interviews we interview talk to him every week and, and hmm. it's, it's something available on flow fc and um he uh he mentioned that you know major league soccer the summer of soccer you know, is difficult when you're talking about the heat and, and he wasn't making excuses. What he was saying was that, yep. that you know, you're, you're going to be mentally all teams, not just his team mentally strong because you're going to be, you're going to be on the road and, and it's, it's a hundred degrees and you're feeling it. And, uh, you know, there's a mental part of it that takes over that almost is, is even more important yeah. than, than how you, how your uh, playing form is.
0: Yeah. I and mean, you've got some absolutely crazy schedules. I think what, We had, was it nine games in 27 or 28 days earlier on in the season? Now you've got Orlando doing the same. NYCFC are coming up to that as well. And it's just, it's, the summertime is absolutely crazy for MLS. And
1: it's good. And and MLS scheduling in in general, that is something that that to this day, I don't understand, or, or certainly in recent times, because, you know, we have 24 teams. And it's a big country. I get it. But we have a lot of teams you can play. I I go back to the days when we we only had seven teams in a pro league. So, you know, that meant you had to travel all over the country because guess what? You only had six opponents. But Now, uh, you know, uh, it really occurred to me a couple of years ago. We were uh, we had a game in Vancouver and I I was flying to catch up with the team. And on the way there, I changed planes in Utah. And we uh, we played in Vancouver on that Saturday. Our next Mm. game. It was the Wednesday in Orlando. Oh. Now, if you look at the map, the the dist- it was the longest possible distance between cities in MLS. And they said, all right, right, you got to play in Vancouver on Saturday, then why not fly to Orlando for a Wednesday game? Jeez. When we could have played Utah, we could have played Denver, we could there's so many yeah. cities out there if they wanted to pair us up on on a road trip. And instead, we were playing in Orlando on Wednesday oh by the way come back home and play again so suddenly you're playing three days and and, and three games in seven days and 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 three different time zones and and god knows how many miles that is and you know they tell me there's this invention of computers where they can put the things together and and sometimes help you make schedules and so i don't i don't understand what computer they're using or or what but it, it's not just dc united that complains about this it's and, oh. and this has happened. We haven't had the extreme of Vancouver to Orlando, but we've had, you know, uh, weird scheduling where you just you get flipped all over the, the country. And, um, you know, for people that have never been to the United States, uh, it's a big place. You look at yeah. it on a map, but tr- trust me, when you get over here, it's even bigger.
0: Yeah, I, I've done Orlando to DC, and it's, it's a bit of a distance. Let's put it that way.
1: Yeah, yeah well, you could, as you know, I mean – you could drive five hours and, and you'll go through one state or you could dro- drive five hours and stay in the sta- same state. Whereas yeah. uh, I think you can do a good portion of great Britain, uh, in five hours on the road. So, uh, and that's, that's not a bragging thing. I'm saying what no. I'm saying is that that adds to the, the physical toll. These road trips are, are not, you know, quick overnight or sometimes.
0: Yeah. Um, I've got one last question to ask you, Dave, um, if that's all right. Yep. Um, it's one from from us in the UK um, because we haven't figured out what the reason is for this question. So what we want to know is the kickoffs. So they're advertised at like eight o'clock, 9, uh, three p.m., whatever, but they always seem to kick off late. Right. Do you know why?
1: Well, it's it's because of uh, you know it, you know the short answer, a simple answer, probably television because they want to you know, come on the broadcast and and, uh, and get some commercials in a quick pregame and, and, yep. and get going. So it's 8.08 or it's or it depends on who the broadcaster is. It, it could be, you know, adjusted uh, to, a, to a different window. So and that's that's something across all sports. I'll give you an example that's it's pretty hmm. uniform in the NBA. If, if it says seven o'clock on the schedule, the actual tip off uh, is is uh, 7.10. So I guess, you know, um it's not that we're we're looser. It's it's it, it's structured, but it's obviously advertising a, an 8:08 time or an 8:13 time is <laughs> yeah. not as clear as in, as saying just uh, just eight o'clock. So there is that yeah. that uh, that delay. But the funny thing is that uh, um, we've always said with with American crowds, sometimes you could it doesn't matter what time you advertise they're still going to be a little bit slow arriving and, and <laughs> you, you know, cause that's always a trick to get them in the seats and through traffic and, and all that kind of stuff. But yeah, um, yeah there's not any, any uh it, it's just, it's just, um, uh, you know, based on, on trying to uh, you know, all these games are broadcast. So then it allows yeah. the, the television broadcasters to get their spots in and commercials and, and get a bit of a pregame
0: before there's an actual kickoff. Oh. Fair enough. Well, that kind of, that answers that one nicely.
1: Well, yeah, well, I hope it's the right answer, but that's not. <laughs> so anyway, so.
0: <laughs> Fair enough. I mean, that makes total sense, to be honest. So, uh, yeah, there we go. Um, well, I just want to say thank you for joining me today. And it, as I said at the beginning, it's been an absolute pleasure and an honor to have you on, because uh, you are literally one of my favorite uh, spotcasters, um, even... <laughs> Even more so, the likes of Matt and Tyler are over here because you know you've got that absolute passion, you've got that love for DC, and it just comes through when you're commentating. So, thank you for your commentary.
1: Well, I appreciate that, and I appreciate the the, the connection, and and that is what it, what it is all about, and that's why we get involved uh, as fans and as, as spectators because it is it is uh, you know it, it is a community, and and I think. Uh, the one thing I always think about that, that it's a great thing, and this was something that you know I felt as I was growing up. No matter, no matter what, what, and everybody out there is going through something in life, some kind of challenge. Maybe it's minor, maybe it's major, whatever. But for those mm. those two hours, we can we can scream and yell and get mad and and and, and love the commentator, hate the commentator, whatever. <laughs> but it's but but it's it's a it's a great great release and and uh, shared passions like dc united are not a bad thing and so it, it's great that uh, and it's great that wayne rooney is is drawing some more attention to the club yeah. and, and we hope we hope more people come over and visit because it's a it's a heck of a time
0: exactly well thank you very much and i honestly i could speak to you for a hell of a lot longer um so hopefully i'll have you on again sometime soon it's-
1: Open invitation, anytime,
0: anytime. Fantastic. Thank you, Dave, and speak to you later.
1: Talk to you soon. Thanks.
0: Well, that was absolutely awesome to speak to Dave earlier on today. And it, it was just joyful. You could really tell the passion and his love for DC and the all the experience that he's had over the years that was truly uh, like i said to him i could have spoke to him for hours um just finding out loads of different things and yeah it was absolutely fantastic so anyway let's move on to the next part which is the review of the FC Dallas game so yeah this was a bit of a bad match. Uh let's put it that way. We to be honest in my head I wasn't expecting us to do that much but it's a game where we could have done a lot better. Uh, performed a heck of a lot better. It looked like we were very lethargic. We looked like that we didn't really want to be there. Um, and that's a shame really because no one likes to see a team not giving a damn. Um and I don't think that's the case. I think they do give a damn, obviously. Um, but it just felt like there was nothing really quick about the game. Um, there wasn't that much about it. But let's look at the positives. Um, Griffin, Yale yeah, got his first game. For, well, not his first game, but his first start for DC United. That was absolutely awesome to see. We then had Junior Moreno come back. Uh, he managed to get in 81 minutes of game time. So that was great to see him back after being away on international duty. Uh what else happened? So Lucho Costa was dropped to the bench, and that's what allowed Griffin you know, to start the game. And that was um, interesting to see. And I was speaking to Kenny from DCU Soccer, and there was murmurs, let's put it that way, that Lucho Costa was, in inverted commas, ill if he was that ill um in my eyes he wouldn't be on the bench but there we go that's it could have been the heat it could have been a number of things that didn't allow him to start but there we are um as always Bill Hamid did his best um making seven saves and uh Bam. they looked like they had a decent game It's just there's only so much that you can do. I mean, we look at the stats. You look at how many attempts that uh, Dallas had. That was 23 on goal. Nine of them were on target, um, nine off target, and there were five blocked shots there. So um, a lot of uh, action for Dallas uh, DC. On the other side, we had seven attempts on goal. Not that great amount, let's put it that way. Um, Rooney had four, um, was it four? Uh, no uh he only had two attempts on goals segura had one rodriguez had one acosta had an absolute sitter um let's put it that way he as soon as he came on um he had the ball that came over the top to him and it was great vision great ball over the top and all he had to do was just compose himself and just put it into the back of the net but no he rushed it he just hits it too too hard and too far um and it goes flying over the bar, So that was... And we were 1-0 down at that time, so we could have brought it back, we could have equalised, and that would have completely changed the game in my eyes. Well, it would have done, um, either way. Um, Other key talking points from that game, you had uh, Wayne Rooney um, nearly sent off for a reckless challenge, let's put it that way. He took the legs out of one of the Dallas plays, and on first glance it looked harsh that the ref gave him a red. And I've watched this ref a new, numerous times and numerous occasions uh, when he's um, been at the center for a DC game, and he's always been harsh on us. Um, and I don't know why. It feels like he's always harsh on us. So, um, so yeah, so Rooney, enough, off. Um, it was reviewed, and it was changed to a yellow card. However, that wasn't the end of the red cards, was it? So, Lucho Costa, uh, he got sent off for uh, a stamp, and that was on review as well. So, the ref didn't see it straight away. Um, then review, then the review had happened, and then, yes, it was a sending off. I mean, <laughs> I don't think that suspension that you'll get, which is an automatic one-game suspension, which still baffles me, uh, being from the UK, where we're used to having a three-match automatic suspension, Um I don't think that will get extended mainly because of the fact when you watch in full time, um, even when you watch it slow down, it didn't look like he was doing it on too much purpose. Um, unlike when Ariola um stamped on the Houston Dynamo player earlier on in the season, that was very deliberate. He didn't really hide what he was trying to do there. But Acosta it looked like it was just it was just part of the action that had happened, and it was just unfortunate that he stamped on his chest area. Um either way, it was a sending off you can't do much about it that in itself would have if he hadn't been sent off we could we could talk about ifs and buts but you know um the result is what it is and we can't change that now all we can do is learn from it and if it was me and if I was Ben Olsen I'd be looking at our state of possession play and um, we only had 42% that's not like us we usually have a bit more than that and what we actually do when we have the ball. So when you break it down, those seven shots, one was on target. That's obviously got to improve. Um, three were off target. So even those last remaining three, they were blocked. We need to get better at that. Um, and, was, and again, um, I was on the DCU Soccer Podcast um, at the weekend, um, which has just dropped out. So Have a look for that um, on your podcast app. So that's dcu underscore soccer. And check them out. um, Check out what we were talking about um, at the weekend. And it was just, you know, we were talking about how the game was and and the attempts on goal. And it just feels like we're not having enough attempts. And I don't think we would argue if we were having plenty of attempts whether they were just straight at the keeper or whether they just go over the bar, but we want to see attacking intent. Um, we don't want to be seen, sat there watching us doing counter-attack football, waiting for the opposition to come at us and then go for it. We've got our, we've got Ariola coming back. Um, that's obviously going to change things. But, you know, coming forward, um, we need to, like I said, we need to learn from it. We need to improve and we need to work on it. We've had plenty of time since the Dallas game up until the next game against new england and so hopefully we'll spend plenty of time on the training pitches working on those mistakes that we made when you look at the um the calendar so the first game the game against um dallas was last week um on on july 4th obviously independence day how can i forget that um it's then eight days between games um So we play... No, sorry, nine days. So we play on Friday evening. Eight days? Yes, sorry, eight days, yeah. Um, And that's plenty of time to work things out. So we need to get around that. We need to get better at it. And hopefully, when we do play New England, we will beat them. So that actually nicely ties me on to the preview of the next game. So... As I've already said, Areola uh, is coming back uh, from international duty who had an unfortunate end to the Gold Cup, so commiserations to the U.S. men's team for that. Um, again, I watched the highlights from the Gold Cup game and it definitely looked like U.S. did, did some good stuff. I mean, it was only a four-minute four minute highlight, so there wasn't a lot of stuff. And being on the MLS app, they're going to show the American team doing very well. The best bits from them. Uh, it was nice to see Ariola getting about the pitch, even have an attempt on goal where it went through a chose legs and nearly went in. We need that back at the club, so it's going to be so nice to have him back there and back at Audi Field. So it's going to, we're, we're going to have him back, and that's going to be great to see. And what what do I think is going to happen? What How do I think we're going to line up? So the surprise from the Dallas game was the fact that Mora was back. I was expecting him to be, oh, sorry, to be out for two to three weeks. That was what was being said, but he is going to be—he's back already. So I reckon it'll be again. Obviously, Hamid in goal. Um, we're going to have Hadra at right back, and we're going to have Bam Bam and Brillant who have been absolute rocks at the centre. Um, Mora continuing at left back, and I think that as I go through this, you'll recognise that this is going to be. Our strongest lineup, I reckon, um, that we're going to have against New England. And that's awesome to see, and I hope that continues as well. Um, it'll be Canales and Moreno in the center of midfield. We're going to then, I reckon, we'll have Ariola and Segura on the wings. I don't know which side they'll play on, but I reckon they'll be the wingers. I reckon they'll end up being Ariola on the left-hand side because seeing them actually cut inside, and especially. He wasn't we were playing we were playing spot on kansas and that goal he scored um which he dedicated to his uh late father that was him from cutting inside i mean obviously he only played there for 20 minutes at the end of the game but that was fantastic so i reckon it'll be ario on the left secure on the right rodriguez in the center behind rooney because obviously acosta is going to be suspended for that game unless it's somehow overturned and as i said and again i'm Going back to when I was speaking to Kenny at the weekend, I reckon we'll end up tying this game. And I won't be disappointed with a tie, in all honesty, because New England, they've come on leaps and bounds recently since Arena, um, as I mentioned today earlier on in the interview. New England are on good form right now. And I think he will want the team to do incredible when he returns to Washington. We obviously need to temper that. We need to make sure we keep the ball and we get make use of the fact that we got Ariola back and the fact that Segura, who has, for me, been a bit of an unsung hero so far this season. You don't see too much praise for him. Um, so I'm, I'm going to actively start praising him again uh, because he's been fantastic. I, I remember earlier on in the season talking on the show um, about how... I thought he was a bit sluggish and he didn't do much for the team. He'd be better off playing defensive midfield, but you know what? He's actually doing really well for us up on up on the wing. Um, long may that continue, to be honest. So yeah, that's how I think that will go. Um, I think we'll tie it. I mean, I'd love for us to win it, but a tie, I'll be happy with that. We've obviously got a couple of games going further ahead. We've got the Cincinnati game coming up and we've got Atlanta coming up after that, so that's a couple of games where I can see us getting, getting points, but I will talk about those on the next show. Um, obviously I was talking about with Dave about Yami El Assad. Um, obviously updates on that. He is now been released from Valles. Um, his contract has run out. He's now a free agent. We've got the rights to him playing in an MLS. So, and the fa- and from what I've been reading online, I'll. A lot of stuff that would have, if he was still at Velez, um if he signed for us, there would have been issues with DP slots and things like that. And I don't know how that works, but uh, forgive me for that. He is now a free agent, and I've been tweeting out a few times about bring back Assad, That hashtag that we've been trying to, trying to use for to bring him back to where uh, DC United, and he's been liking quite a few of them. And he's been liking other people's tweets uh, about bring back Asad. He's done it for a while. And I just hope that it isn't just him just liking it because we're mentioning him. I hope he actually genuinely feels like he can come back. And the fans want him back. I think the club would want him back. I think he hopefully wants to be back. And it is just the right fit. And when he played last year in 2018 for us, he was a great little player. Um, there were times where he didn't have good games, but that goes for everyone. But he was always there. And he, I mean, I just remember that goal against Orlando at the beginning of the season. Uh, was it the beginning of the season? Yeah, towards Yeah, it would have been towards the beginning of the season when we were playing at their grounds. And that free kick. That was fantastic. That I was just like, got a nice little player on our hands here. It was a shame. It was only a loan deal, and we couldn't work out a way to actually bring him here permanently. Maybe as if we got rid of Stieber. Um that could have happened. I mean, looking now at his salary, that just yeah. Um, and as the transfer window goes on, hopefully things will happen. There's rumours of things happening around later this week, so fingers crossed we'll actually hear um, about some signings, and I hope one of those is Yamil Asad Um, Dave said that there's talk about a couple of players he couldn't say or didn't know who they were but, you know, it looks like and sounds like things are happening, so fingers crossed, by the time I do the next show we'll have some transfer news to actually blum and talk about So um, I've obviously talked about the review of the of the last game i've talked about the preview i've talked about transfers and we've had that great interview that is it for this week so um i hope you've enjoyed it if you aren't following me on twitter already it is at dc united kingdom instagram and facebook it's at dc united kingdom fc you can check us out on our website um one last thing um membership is now actually up um you know i've actually you know what it'd be nice to kind of gauge how many of you guys are out there, how many of you are actually properly listening in, how many people actually listen to the end. So what I would love to see um, is to actually grow a DC United Kingdom fan base. Um, So if you're listening in from the UK um, and anywhere in the world, especially even in America, everyone is welcome. Go to DCUnitedKingdom.com forward slash membership. There is a form on there and that will gain you membership. Um, At the moment, there is no cost to it. just a frame thing to do it's just a nice thing to do hopefully next year this will yeah it'll keep growing um and that doesn't mean that there will more than likely be charges um for it i don't like talking about people paying for stuff but you know what i want to give some exclusive perks to dc night kingdom members so if that's something that you would love to be a part of get on that website like i said that was dc night kingdom.com forward slash membership Um, I'll put the link in the notes, and hopefully I will see you there. And until next week, vamos United!